Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, how is everyone? Uh, Before we get started, you should subscribe to my Patreon. I have some fun stuff on that that thing of mine. (laughs) Go to patreon.com slash LizExplains. You can listen to last week's episode, which was on Brother Husbands, which was TLC's one-off special attempt at doing a true polyamorous show. Obviously, it was in in response to Sister Wives. It only got one episode. It should have got a whole season. It's really interesting. Um, This upcoming week, I believe the episode is going to be on The Way Down about what's-her-face Gwen Shambly. Is that her last name? Shambly? I haven't watched all of the episodes yet, uh, but about her diet church cult scam. <laughs> I will say I liked the first episode of it a lot, and then I held off watching the rest because I knew I was going to do an episode on it and wanted to be fresh. And the lack of addressing her hair is extremely confusing to me. <laughs> like, I don't get why and how that hasn't been addressed but it has not. So that will be this week. I'm pretty excited to talk about that. You know, that's right up my alley. There is a new Brittany Murphy documentary out on HBO Max, but I heard it's not very good. So I don't know if I'll cover that. Some things in the pipeline. I'm going to do a episode on Bam Margera, um, a Colleen Ballinger episode in a couple of weeks. I think I have one set up on Jill Rodriguez, who is probably the most well-known um like fundamentalist christian snark person like person that gets snarked about she's not one of my close followers but one of my listeners who i've done an episode with before suggested that we do an episode on it and i was like yeah if you want to take the lead that's great i only know a little bit about her so that should be fun fun stuff i can't believe i haven't done an episode on colleen ballinger if you don't know who that is it's miranda sings she currently is in a renaissance of her career as she has become a mom and she is now pregnant with boy girl twins because the content gods looked down and said you deserve this babe I guess <laughs> so yeah that should be fun patreon.com slash Liz explains and come listen anyway hey hey I am like really phlegmy today so I apologize in advance about that I I don't know. I woke up in the middle of the night with like terrible acid reflux um, when it, my acid reflux is really bad, which thankfully is really not that often. But when it is, I take um, like a Prilosec every day and that takes care of it for like 90% of the time. But every once in a while I'll wake up and I basically feel like I'm choking on mucus. It's truly the worst feeling. Um, that was really bad last night. Plus, my allergies have been really bad. So I just feel like really congested and flummy. And if you can hear it in my voice, I apologize. I don't really know how to make it go away. <laughs> oh, Also, my other big life update is that I'm back to playing Animal Crossing. I restarted my island, which has been fun. But of course, like four days after I restart it, uh, Nintendo just announced that they are essentially redoing the entire game. If you did play Animal Crossing, then you got bored. I would suggest checking out the update video that's going to come out November 5th. They're doing a free package update and then also doing like a paid package update, like an expansion pack. The free one is really 
wild. The paid one I'm going to get, it's even more wild. It's their Happy Home Designer game. I'm new to Animal Crossing, so I never played that in the past, but people love that. Um, they have added like basically every character from the Animal Crossing world that was not in New Horizons. They added cooking. They they just added a bunch of shit that I'm really excited about. Outdoor storage. That's going to be fun. So I played Animal Crossing while I watched season three of You last night. I think I'm on episode eight. Season three, I watched a lot of it last night. I like it. I like you. <laughs> I like that show. Season three, I like the spy versus spy element, I guess, of Joe versus love or Joe love as in the character, his wife, um, Joe versus love or is Joe are Joe and love supposed to be together. I think it's really fun. I also think the actress that plays love is like stunningly beautiful. Like she's really, really enjoyable for me to watch. (laughs) That almost sounds like leery and gross, but I just think that she's like so captivating on screen. I really like her. So that's what I'm watching this week. Uh, season three of you. I'll probably finish it today. Um, it's quick. It's a quick and easy watch. Only Murders in the Building finishes this week. I still have the second toss episode to watch. I don't. I can't. I don't love a weekly watch. <gasps> and Succession starts today. You guys will be hearing this. Succession starts tonight. If you didn't know, Succession season three. I'm so fucking ready. I'm so hyped for that. So that's what's going on. Um, in Teen Mom World, apparently Kale is not on Teen Mom 2 anymore. I don't quite understand how, what is going on or like what we should be, how we should be expressing what's going on, I guess, for lack of better words. According to Kale, she has not filmed, I think she said in three months. And to me, that says that she's not on the show anymore, but she's not saying like, I quit. Like, you know, Chelsea was like, I quit Teen Mom. I'm not on Teen Mom anymore. I'm not on the show anymore. Kale's keeping it a little loosier goosier apparently after they gave Chris the contract she stopped filming look I people aren't gonna like this opinion but to that I say fucking good for you honestly fuck MTV for doing that behind her back like I don't actually care <laughs> I I hope I want to make myself clear her I don't actually care that MTV did this to her Kale's a bad person I don't really care what happens to Kale in general you know like <laughs> That to me doesn't really bother me. But if I was Kale, I would be so fucking sick of this shit after how much fucking money that I have made Teen Mom and MTV in general, like the all the things that I've contributed to the show in the last 12 plus years that this has been on air and they're giving people contracts behind my back. Like, no, they've always been weird and shady about that shit. You know, like they let people know like the the girls cast members don't find out that people are coming on the show until after the cat like they find out in starcasm with the rest of us like I think it's funny I, also like I think it's funny if Kale quits seen mom so that Chris can't film like as a fuck you to Chris like that's funny to me <laughs> like Chris is finally like all right MTV I'll let you pay me and Kale's like yeah good luck with that bud because even though it's like still hard for people to understand this, like MTV will not be filming Chris if Kale's not filming. There will not be a Kale segment. If there is, it is a total break in all of the Teen Mom universe traditions. Now, I mean, I guess anything is possible, right? Like who am I to say for sure? But everything we have seen so far, when a mom leaves the show, her universe leaves with her. Um, 
so we'll see. Look, I think in reality, Kale makes quite a bit of money from her podcast and her influencing. Do I think Kale makes enough that she does not need this show and she'll be able to keep her lifestyle the exact same way that it is? Probably not. Um, but I also think that Kale doesn't fuck with savings accounts. <laughs> That's not for Kale. A savings account is just like not for Kale. And so I think that she will just continue to spend, 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 spend. And I think that she'll be making enough money to keep the spending going. Like, I'm sure she has enough money to get into her house and afford her house. I'm sure she has enough money to keep taking vacations. Uh, maybe she won't be getting a new car as often. But I think Kale financially for a while at least will be fine. I suspect that she will start going on other reality TV shows more. Um Look, if she's not filming, I wonder if she would go on Celebrity Big Brother, which is going to film this season, or if she'll pop on over to Marriage Boot Camp Family Edition for some shit, or like there's, I've always said this, like I think Kale is going to be a career reality TV star. I think she's very much set herself up for that. I think Macy might try and do that a little bit. Um... Kate and Tyler, I guess, but I think Kale really will be out there popping up on other shows, you know, and you get paid pretty well to do those two week, two week to a month long commitments. Like you get a decent amount of money. I could see her popping over to, does Australia still do? I'm a, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Wasn't that an Australian show? Like it's celebrity big brother UK. Like I just think that there's a a lot of opportunity for Kale to get herself on TV and get paid that Kale has like the motivation to do. Um, I did see a lot of speculation that it she wasn't filming because she's not vaccinated. I really don't believe that to be true. I mean, we know Mac McKee is not vaccinated. I mean, McKee believes in people shedding. So the McKees are not vaccinated and they're all filming. None of the children under the age of 12 are vaccinated and they're all filming. We know Chris is anti-vax as well. He was going to film. Um, I would bet Amber's vaccinated because Amber has seemed to like take COVID pretty seriously. And I think she has liberal leanings as far as we know. Um, I would believe Amber to be vaccinated, but in general, uh, like I would bet a decent amount of the people filming this. We know Corey Wharton is not vaccinated. Cheyenne's Corey. I don't know about Cheyenne. I would bet she's not because she's pregnant, which Please, I know you can and should get pregnant while you're back. What you can and should get vaccinated while you're pregnant, but I do. Uh, I think my one empathetic space for an unvaccinated—I don't want to say one empathetic space. I don't. I don't actually believe that. I do have empathy for unvaccinated people in cer- certain circumstances, um, but I do understand the hesitancy behind getting vaccinated when you're pregnant um, a little more than I understand when you're not pregnant. You know, so I I really don't I don't think that's it. I think the issue with the challenge is that it's filming in New York. And I would imagine with New York's very strict New York City's very strict vaccination rules, you can't film unless everybody's vaccinated. So that would be my guess. Um, I would guess the majority of people in the team on world are not vaccinated, which sucks. I actually in about three hours I'm hopefully getting my booster shot. I mean, I have an appointment. Um, I'm like seven months out from my last shot and I have a BMI over 30. So I'm a high risk person, guys. Do you know that? In most states, if your BMI is over 30, which is not 
that high. Like there, I would bet a significant amount of my listeners have a BMI over 30. Um, you're L, you're like considered high risk. That's how I was able to get the vaccine a little earlier, um, like two months earlier than if I was just like in a normal category for my age. And remember back then, I remember being like, I'm jumping the line. I feel so bad. And then I just saw what a shit show it was. Remember when like getting, I drove like an hour to get my vaccine. It was like the craziest rush when I was like able to get it. I was like in a Facebook group dedicated to like booking people appointments. It was so nuts. So thankfully for the the booster, I just was able to make an appointment at a Walgreens by my house. So hopefully everything will go well with that. Knock on wood. If not, I'll get it when I can. I'm also hopefully going to get a flu shot if they have one. Double the fun. I think that <laughs> I think they're going to do them in different arms. It's not going to be great. But I love vaccines, guys. As I said, <laughs> go to vaccine.gov and figure out where to get a shot, you know? I actually did. I wasn't sure who was doing the boosters, and so I went to vaccine.gov and figured it out. <laughs> Truly the best spawn to date. Truly. Okay. I think that's it in Team Mom World. Not that much was going on this week. Um, as usual, Janelle was doing her usual flipping out. Um, she was posting, what was Janelle posting? I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. Janelle was posting that oh, 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 this is one important thing. Team Mom Young and Pregnant is filming again, apparently. They're getting a new season. Here's the thing. What does that mean when Team Mom Young and Pregnant is filming again? Because I have not forgotten Team Mom New Jersey MTV. Still, there's a piece of my heart that has never recovered from Team Mom Young, Teen Mom New Jersey never airing. Also, there's a whole season of 16 Pregnant that is in the can from like 16 Pregnant season six or seven, like back from back when. I mean... <laughs> Like that, that it doesn't mean anything. They filmed this current season we're watching like over a year ago at this point. So hopefully we'll get to see it. But they are filming again. Apparently they're only filming four girls. Uh, the Ashley wasn't sure which four were filming. I'm curious about that. I'm curious. I would bet that it's Kayla, Kayla J, Bree, and Rachel. I would bet. Like that, that would be my bet. Um, I think between Kaya and Brie, it's kind of uh, interchangeable, but Brie has been around for longer, which I think I personally would pick Brie. You guys know I don't like Kaya's scenes very much. I don't like her as a character on this show. So I personally would pick Brie over Kaya, but they're kind of interchangeable to me. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But for the Janelle thing, she's kind of mucking it up because she posted that Olivia, David's ex-wife, were they married? I don't think it's an ex-wife. He was married to Marissa's mother, but I don't think he was ever married to Olivia. Olivia is the mother of Caden, David's son, who he is not allowed to see. Um, He was allowed to see him for a hot minute and then violated the custody agreement by posting pictures of him online immediately which is just so David Um, I'm pretty sure Olivia won full custody like total decision making with David getting no visits around the time the kids were taken uh, 2019 ish I believe because I remember at that time he was also like getting in trouble for not paying child support he was about to go to jail 
And then Janelle gave him a check, that type of thing. So I think it was sometime around then. And if you'll remember, she started to go fund me to like, maybe this was 2020. Sometime in the last year, she started to go fund me to raise lawyer fees because she was going against Janelle and David, who has significantly more money than she does. Um, I didn't donate to it because I personally don't donate to people that are in Janelle and David's orbit. <laughs> Look. The reality is, is that I think Olivia could be perfectly fine. She was like 20 when she was with David. She apparently was an alcoholic. She is, I guess, now in recovery. She no longer associates with David. But I have suspicions about anybody that's ever with David (laughs) and their values. You know, like I couldn't see any obvious markers that her by looking at her social media that her values aligned with my values. So I chose not to donate. That that said, a lot of people did donate. Um, once she hit her goal, I think she took the GoFundMe offline very quickly. This is when, as a result of this, like David and Janelle were posting her uh, revenge porn, which is not a phrase that I like very much. Revenge porn is sexual assault. I'm not really sure why we don't call it sexual assault. As I've talked about on this podcast, I've talked a lot about like on Liz Explains with Duggar stuff. Um, I prefer the new term for like child pornography is uh, childhood abuse sexual materials, I believe, C-A-S-M, child child abuse sexual materials, I think is the term. Let me just triple check. Okay, they're child sexual abuse materials. I will say the one thing about child pornography is CP is like a very easy and recognizable term to use, but I think child sexual abuse materials is a a lot better of a term because it reminds you every time that you use it that every single image of it is a assault of a child full stop no matter what there's absolutely nothing victimless about it and I would say the same for revenge porn right like it's it's sexual assault I would call it sexual abuse materials like well we can just drop the c I think that that's what we should be calling revenge porn every time because like it's not there's an argument that using the term porn or pornography like implies consent. I don't personally believe that to be true, but I can understand that side of it. I think that the really important part of using these terms is the the reminder that every time one of these pictures is posted or viewed, a person, an adult, if it's revenge porn or a child, if it's child pornography, is being sexually assaulted. And so that is when, when she did this GoFundMe, David and Janelle posted her uh, sexual abuse materials or images. Sexual abuse images. See, it's hard. Uh, somebody let me know what you think the best term for it is. I just, I, I think that there needs to be a more, a more uh, firm, that's not the word I'm looking for, but I'm sure you can understand. Just like a more... I was going to say graphic. That's not what they're... I'm going to move on from this, but there just needs to be a better phrase for it than revenge porn. They posted that online of her. Um, they really went after her. So all that to be said, once she raised a certain amount of money, she took it offline, even though she really could have kept it up and raised probably a significant more amount of money. She won the case. Um, There's a period of time on Reddit where everybody was like fucking obsessed with Olivia and just like posting her pictures and talking about how hot she is, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I'm really glad that Caden is away from David. I'm glad that she got the money she needed to do that. I support Olivia as far as like keeping that child away from David and Janelle. But that's I don't know shit about Olivia beyond that. Like 
I don't know shit about Olivia and I'm not going to put my neck out to defend someone that I do not know literally anything about at all. Um, I think I hope that people that listen to this podcast very much know that I am not a believer and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I like think that is the dumbest mentality that a person can have. I think it is really scary. Honestly, I think you can put yourself into a lot of really bad situations and end up supporting really bad people when you do that. I try really hard not to do that and to not fall into that mind, that state of mind. So all that to be said, um, what? All that to be said, what? I don't fucking know. Uh, oh, so Janelle decides this week to post that Olivia got a boob job using the GoFundMe money. Now, a lot of people are like, but you had a boob job. Olivia po- or Janelle posted like you gave her money for her custody, but she used it for a boob job, which my guess would be that Olivia used some of the money towards custody, the amount of money that she needed towards custody, and then the rest on a boob job. And to that, I say, OK, that's fine. What was she going to do? Give the money back? Like <laughs> She got the money via GoFundMe. It's her money. That's part of what giving money to somebody is if you're not like giving it to them through a 501c3 charity where you can see and there are lots of laws that designate how money will be spent like we know that she reached her goal of getting Caden away from David and protecting Caden from David so as far as I'm concerned money well spent right like and if she wants to spend the rest of that money now I didn't give her any money so it's maybe a little easier for me to say but I have this mentality for any time I give money to anybody that it's their business to do with as they please right like I can give it with the in hope that they're going to use it towards the thing that they say that they need it for but it's once it's out of my hands it's truly none of my business what they use their money for so um where was I going with this oh so Janelle was just like kicking up shit and getting a lot of negative attention over this um Janelle's a hypocrite (laughs) all right let's take a quick break and then we'll quickly talk about team mom young and pregnant because I did not take notes because there just wasn't a lot going on Okay, Bree's Young and Pregnant segment is about her needing to get a job. My jaw kind of dropped. Apparently, she's like, I used to make $700 with each paycheck and now I'm making $200. I was like, oh shit, girl. Um, I'm guessing she gets paid every other week, right? That sounds about right. Um, She's not making a lot of money. Obviously, she gets paid from MTV. And as I talked about last week, I would hope from social media, but she's struggling. Um, She has some job interviews. They don't go that well because she lives like an hour outside of the city. And it looked like she applied for places that are inside the city, which is not really sure why she did that. (laughs) But but she did. (laughs) Um, Kayla J, her storyline is with Mikkel. Mikkel McHale. I think it's Mikhail. God, guys, every week every week I just cannot remember his name and it doesn't help that I didn't take notes okay Mikkel so Mikkel is going to move back to Maryland but he's going to move with his girlfriend it sounds like um you know in the first episode I was like I think I like Mikkel no Mikkel is an asshole he is a fuck boy he has no car he has no place to live He is mooching off women and keeping them on the back burner. You know, they have this conversation about why Kayla kicked Mikkel out of her apartment, who, by the way, like Kayla seems to have it 
together. Like, we don't know that much about her or her life yet, but Kayla has her own place. She has her own job. She's raising that baby mostly on her own. Like, she doesn't seem to have a lot of drama going on in her life. Her family's, she has her mom in the picture, but it doesn't seem like she has a ton of family support. Like, I like her so far. I think that she seems to be really independent, especially as far as the younger teen mom. I mean, I guess she's probably 21-ish because I think they said they had Mecca when, or they like got pregnant with Mecca when she was 18. So they might be young. She might be a little older than we're used to. I guess she's like a jade in that way. She's a little older, but she's pretty independent, but with like a bum boyfriend around. But they talk about why she kicked out Mikkel, and apparently Mikkel, they were broken up, you know, as they do. They break up, but they were still having sex, and she got mad that he was, like, talking to other girls, which is totally fucking reasonable. And Mikkel is like, I don't understand why you were upset. Like, we weren't, we weren't together. And she's like, okay, but, like, we were still fucking. We still lived together. We were still playing family but you wanted to act like we weren't. And I was like, yeah, good for you. I really, men, especially that use women this way, where they will be like, we're not together, we're not together, we're not together as a way to do what they want to do, but then still are fully in a relationship with that person. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, I really want her to move on. She makes me sad a little because she knows what's happening she's not stupid you know like she doesn't seem to have herself convinced of something that's not real in that like she knows that he doesn't want to be with her and that she's only his back burner option and that it's not really like what's like that they're not together and they're probably not going to be together and it's sad because she doesn't seem upset enough about it (laughs) you know like she just doesn't seem upset enough about it um her she goes out to lunch with her cousin and her cousin's like you need to date someone new and I totally agree with her cousin and I hope that she does that because I think once she gets a new significant other I want to say I I think she's probably identifies by because she and Mikkel were together before Mikkel transitioned so I would assume she's probably by um so whether that's a guy or a girl that she wants to date whatever um I hope that that person like treats her well and she can have a real realization of like Mikkel was good to me but these last three plus years have been horrible and I like I don't need to be treated this way I don't need to feel that way I think that will be really 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 beneficial for her so we'll see I guess Mikkel is going to move back to Maryland which I think is good right like even if it is with a girlfriend whatever he needs to be closer to his daughter he made an active choice to have this child he shouldn't be living over three hours away from that child. By the way, they do not live two hours apart. I think I talked about this last week. Apparently, she lives in Prince George County. Uh, Oh, we did, because I remember talking about the counties. But that's definitely more than two hours away from Philly. And, you know, a a two-hour trip is, like, not that big of a deal. Three to four hours, like, that's where it starts being a bigger deal. I drive to and from my beach a lot, and that's, like, two hours, and that's easy. This is all just based on my personal experience, obviously, and I'm projecting onto everyone else. In my opinion, a two-hour drive is like whatever. But then my best friend lives in Richmond, which is four hours away from me, a little over four hours. And that's like a significant... Once you get over two hours and realize you still have another two to go, that's tough. So he's... Mikkel's living a pretty significant distance away from them when he's in Philly. How does he get back and forth? What's going on there? 
because you can take a train like it's pretty easy to take the train from Baltimore to Philly but it's not cheap because it's Amtrak taking the Amtrak is not cheap if you don't know this I used to take the train from uh Baltimore to Philly a lot when I went to school in Baltimore um it's I think it's like $50 each way like it's not it's not cheap because it's not a local um there like there's like a little I mean you could take it to Wilmington it's a little cheaper to go to Wilmington versus going all the way up to Philly but like it's definitely expensive to go back and forth I mean from Baltimore to New York is like a hundred dollar ticket or it used to be I don't know what it is now but it's not taking the train is not cheap (laughs) taking Amtrak is not cheap like getting on your local is fine but taking Amtrak regional rail is is that what it's called or is it called SEPTA regional rail and Amtrak I don't know but Amtrak is not cheap I also don't know if there's a stop between D.C. and Baltimore. I I don't know, like, what, how, like, I, I don't know. I'm curious. But I'm assuming he doesn't have a car because he said to Kaylee, he's like, thank you for letting me use your car and drive her around in your car. So I've got questions. All right. So let's pop on over to the other Kayla, who apparently her lawyer told her that her and Luke do not need to be married for him to adopt. Um isaiah which is cool i guess don't rush into marriage if you don't have to i i guess i I don't know i don't really see how getting married is a little more serious than having two children together legally but what do i know i haven't done either kayla tells us that this is because i uh stefan never established paternity with isaiah and to that i say i'm fucking confused because we literally watched them go to court in which he was ordered to pay that $20 a week in child support or whatever, like some shockingly low number in child support. So how was he ordered to pay child support if he wasn't the child's legal father? That doesn't make any sense to me. Was that all fake? Like, did I did I dream that up? Like, I know we watched that because there was it was a whole fucking thing about how ridiculous it was that the number was shockingly low and yet he still couldn't or wouldn't pay. So I'm just a little confused as to how if anybody is a legal scholar in the state of Illinois, if you could let me know, like if you're a family law attorney in Illinois or your state has something similar to this, like how the fuck did she get child support from someone whose legal rights weren't? Like, his paternity wasn't established. I guess maybe his legal rights to Isaiah weren't established. I wonder if they were able to establish paternity. Maybe I was misunderstanding what she was saying, which is possible. Because child support and, like, legal rights to your child are different. Like, there are plenty of parents that pay child support that have no rights to anything having to do with their children, right? Like, they do not... They cannot see their child. They cannot speak to their child. They make no decisions. But that's more custody-based. It's usually, like, described as there's child support and then there's custody. And there are plenty of people that are paying child support that have no physical or legal custody of that child and don't even have visitation. Usually when you're talking about, like, legal rights, that's, like, your right to be considered that child's legal parent. And, like, when we talk about parental right termination, that's usually done via the state or in a case of like step parent adoption where somebody voluntarily relinqu- relinquishes their parental rights and a step parent adopts. I don't really get, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little confused as to what's going on here. I'll be honest. I like didn't rewind to hear exactly what she said, 
but I'm curious as to how they were able to establish uh, child support but not have to even get Stefan's permission for this adoption to take place. Now, I agree with her. This is the best thing they can do. Stefan needs to be totally out of his life. If Isaiah grows up and wants to have a relationship with Stefan, then he can have a relationship with Stefan. I don't think she should keep Isaiah. I I don't think she should keep Isaiah from Stefan. I think she should keep Stefan from Isaiah. I think that those are two different things. But I think that Luke is his father. He's been his father, except now there's a wrench in this in that Kayla's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend that she was fucking around with, like when she was on and off with Stefan uh, at the time that he was like, I think I'm Isaiah's dad. And she was like, nope, it's Stefan. Um, and now he's popped back up asking for a paternity test. Her mom is like, that kid looks like Stefan. I think or that kid looks like Isaiah. Um, I think Isaiah looks exactly like Kayla personally. I think Stefan is probably his father. Um, I've seen a lot of people be like, well, if there was a chance that Stefan wasn't the baby's dad, like, wouldn't she have, like, gladly said that at the time? I think no. Um, If you go back and rewatch season one, like, she was in love with Stefan. She wanted to be with Stefan. She really loved him and was in a very abusive situation with Stefan and was very, like, in that abusive relationship frame of mind in which she wanted to be with Stefan. So to me, I actually could believe a situation in which like in the back of her head, she kind of thought there was a chance that this other guy was the father, but she totally shut it down because I think that she was hoping that if she had this baby, that her and Stefan would be together, which is, (laughs) I'm just so proud of Kayla for getting away from Stefan. I don't think we acknowledge this enough. Like, she did a back and forth with Stefan for a long time. But like by the time Isaiah was what, six or seven months, she was done with him. And I think that's really impressive, uh, especially compared to a lot of the other women on the show. You know, like she and she's young. She's one of the younger team mom, young and pregnant moms. I think she was 17 when Isaiah was born or 18. Like she's actually a teen mom. She really was like, no, I'm not going to do this and ended it. And then, of course, she like rushed right into a relationship with Luke. But that worked out. So good for her. (laughs) I would be it will be wild if this guy is the dad. I wonder what that would mean. I mean, Kayla seems nonplussed about this. Like, I think that she really, truly believes this guy is not the father. I think for some reason she has a like a good understanding of why he's not the father that she's not sharing with us for whatever reason maybe she always used condoms with this guy and never used condoms with Stefan so it just the likelihood of it being this guy is very low but Stefan like or not Stefan Kayla's like well you know if it happens like that's fine like Luke was always meant to be a bonus dad like he was never supposed to be Isaiah's dad her mom is like girl what Jamie is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're talking about I like you're talking about Luke adopting Isaiah. You so you're just gonna go to Luke and be like, oh well, this is how it was always supposed to be. I was like, at least Jamie's speaking some sense. I think Kayla knows this guy's not the dad. She's way too calm. She's way too calm for this. I wonder if she like secretly did an Isaiah Stefan DNA test or something that she doesn't want to share. But she seems She's like, Meh, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. <laughs> All right. Let's pop to Kaya. Let's go on over to Virginia. Well, Norfolk, as my mother would call it. Let's go to Norfolk. Um, in Norfolk, or Norfolk, as it's spelled, 
princess. How do you say it? How do you say it, princess? That's where princess spent a lot of her childhood and her parents still live in that area. But um, it's right out right next to Virginia Beach, which is where my mom grew up. And she does. My mom does not have a southern accent at all because um, her parents were German immigrants and I don't know. I think they just like never fully assimilated into the South. And I think as soon as she went to college at in Miami when she was 18 and said y'all and they made fun of her, she just like totally dropped her Southern accent. Although I will say we watched a baby video, like a video of when I was born and she definitely had more of an accent. It was surprising, but she doesn't have one at all now, but she does say Norfolk. Um, so in Norfolk, we go down there and Kaya's one. I, I'm a little confused. So Kaya and Tiffany's mom, Kaya, Kaya and Tiffany's mom. Tiffany, who is Kaya's mom, has always kind of been the go between between Kaya and Xavion's grandmother, whose name I cannot remember. Not Xavier. Excuse me. Amor's grandmother, who is the mother of Xavion. She has a name that is. Is it? A, no, that's Stefan's mom is Annette. I don't remember what her name is, but. Tiffany has like always kind of been the go-between because as we know, Xavier's mom tried to jump Kaya when she was, I'm, it's not funny, but it is when she was a couple months pregnant. It's always been very volatile. Um, they decide, even though Tiffany and the mom are fighting, they decide they want to invite her to Thanksgiving for reasons I don't quite understand. So Kaya calls up Xavier's mom and is like, hey, we want to invite you to Thanksgiving. We want things to be good between us. And his mom goes, I'm listening. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. She's she she not receptive to this. <laughs> like, it was obvious that this was not going to go well. But right off the bat, she's like, well, I, I think that we just need to make sure that you and my mom are, like, ready to kind of drop everything. By the way, Tiffany's, like, sitting here as this is happening. It was very confusing to me. Um, and the mom goes the fuck off. She's like, fuck you. I'm not doing shit. Fuck her. And then she calls the baby Amir. And Kaya's like, the, the baby's name is Amor. <laughs> Basically, the mom's not coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know why they're still trying it with this woman. It's not successful. It's never been successful. I get that that's Amor's grandmother. But like when Xavion comes home, if he wants to facilitate that relationship, like he can do that. Who else is on this show? We did Kayla, Kayla J, Bree, Kaya, Rachel. Oh, so Rachel and Stephanie are fighting. So she's officially broken up with Cody again. And it's Halloween. They have the weirdest fight the weirdest fight so Stephanie well Rachel's like Halloween is my favorite holiday I want to do what I want to do I'm 18 years old (laughs) Rachel's simply obsessed with being 18 years old she declares that she will be going to a haunted house on Halloween she's not staying around her she's getting the fuck out of here for Halloween (laughs) Rachel's energy is a lot to handle Stephanie is like okay so But like, oh, we shouldn't do that. Stephanie bought costumes for Hazley and Emerson to be like baby shark, yellow baby shark and pink baby shark. And Mallory's like, or Rachel's like, no, we will not be doing that. I'm like, oh, God, this is not going well. Um, Stephanie suggests they go trick or treating. Rachel says, absolutely not. Stephanie's like, okay, well, how about we go trunk or treating? You know, the cops do it. We just drive up to the police station. It's like it takes like 15 minutes, but it'll be fun for the girls. 
no, no, no. Rachel's not doing it. She's taking the baby. She's taking the baby to the haunted house. And Stephanie's like, you're going to walk around a haunted house with a baby? And Rachel's like, yeah, I will. And she's having this little hissy fit. And then she goes, I need $10. <laughs> and her mom gives her $10. It's just such a mess. I guess Rachel goes. They, She comes back super late. Her and Stephanie get into a huge fight. Stephanie doesn't want her to take any of her stuff, blah, blah, blah. They leave. Um, and then as soon as they leave, Stephanie's on the phone with Rachel being like, I love you. Come back home. Rachel's problem is that, well, <laughs> Rachel's problem. Rachel's got more than one problem. But one of her big problems is that she just is so fucked up from her childhood. She's so fucked up from her childhood. I think she's also doing drugs would be my guess. Um, I will say it does seem like she's the one that's raising Hazley versus like Emerson and Mallory, who Stephanie is definitely the one that's full time caring for Emerson. Mallory's not doing that. But it does seem like Rachel is pretty much mainly responsible for Hazley. But Rachel talks to Mallory and basically says, like, mom has to take care of Hazley. She owes it to me to help me with her because she didn't take care of me for nine years. And that upset me. It made me really sad. Um, That is going to be Rachel's issue for a long time, um, unless Rachel decides to make some serious changes in her life, which I'm not sure she has the real ability like she's going to need to mature so much before she does it and Rachel's in that hard situation where she is a victim right like she grew up with drug addicted parents who seriously neglected her um there was a cause for those kids to be taken out of Stephanie's home for nine fucking years like they spent the majority of their lives not living with their mother or their fathers but because their parents were drug addicts. So Rachel is a victim, right? Like she's a real victim. But Rachel, unfortunately, has that victim mentality, which I want to change my language around this. I don't think it's quite productive. And I think my language around this is more AA based than it is um, trauma informed care based. Can you guys can you guys tell that I'm getting a master's in social work? <laughs> um, but I don't know if I love the idea of using the phrase victim mentality. I think that's very uh, 12-step language, if you will, which I've talked about. I did an episode, I don't know, like a couple months ago where if you didn't hear, I don't know how you'd find it. <laughs> but if you find it, there is an episode that I did sometime over the summer in which I gave a pretty long talk around why I'm moving away from AA as a whole and um, the AA model and a lot of the language in AA and things like that. And this is kind of an example of it. But because I don't currently have that language, I'm going to have to look into what the strength-based perspective on this is, which is the whole thing. If you don't know, social work in general is moving to what's called a strength-based perspective in which you kind of look at everything. I don't want to say with a positive attitude. I don't think that's correct. But you try and find uh positive outcome. I can't really explain it at this moment in time. My brain's a little laggy right now. But um, the way that I would talk about this differently would be we would talk about Rachel's strengths and her resiliency factors. But I'm not going to do this. I'm going to talk about this in a 12-step victim-based <laughs> language. So so just bear with me on that. Um, I'm sure anybody that works in 
trauma stuff or is a social worker or anything is nodding their head understanding the rest of you are like okay shut up bitch and so I'm gonna shut up but my thing with Rachel is that she is a victim right like she is she had a terrible childhood uh, I also want to keep in mind that Rachel's 18 years old when discussing this she is so young I think she has like a 10th grade education she seems unmotivated to further her mind in any way um so she has a lot of disadvantages when it comes to having the awareness of this. But from what we can see on TV is that Rachel believes that everything is owed to her because she's a victim. Now, I can really relate to this because that was what kept me sick for a long time. And the hard thing is, is like the reason I don't love to use the phrase victim mentality is because Rachel is a victim, right? Like full stop. Like she has a victim mentality because she's a fucking victim because her life is filled with trauma from the time that she was born, basically, my guess. I, I mean, probably pre-birth. I wonder if Stephanie was doing drugs when she was pregnant. That's real fucking trauma on a child's brain. You know, like many children are subjected to trauma in the womb before they ever even come out. So Rachel has been probably since conception facing trauma would be my guess. So I don't love the idea of saying she has a victim mentality because she is a victim. But I think what's going to hurt Rachel for a really long time is like a lot of times when those of us who have been victimized, we get a real bitter resentment about it. And we develop this mentality of like everything is owed to us because of the unfair victim hood that we have been subjected to because of the unfair trauma we are owed um redemption is not the word but like we are owed like reparations almost you know like we're owed that's like honestly what she's looking for from her mom especially and this is where I really relate to Rachel when you have parents that kind of get it together when you are like older you're a teenager and you're early 20s because like my parents got sober when I was like 18 or 19 and I remember feeling like so enraged at times where it was like okay well like now you owe me all of this shit because you say you're better but like you fucked up my whole life so like fuck you and give me what I deserve and I think that's like where Rachel is when she's saying stuff like well you owe me because I didn't live with you for nine years so now now that like what she's saying is like now that you're capable of providing you owe it to me to provide when in reality like Stephanie doesn't right because Stephanie is her own person uh Rachel is claiming to be an adult Rachel is the mother of Hazley and is supposed to be responsible for Hazley and Stephanie doesn't owe her anything and that resentment that Rachel feels at all times like the anger and the hurt from being traumatized and abandoned coupled with this idea that Stephanie owes her amends or reparations or whatever you want to call it um it it just is so toxic and it's going to eat at Rachel honestly I I hope it doesn't kill Rachel I I don't say that lightly but it almost killed me because it was that mentality that led me further into drugs I think the initial trauma is what led me into drugs at first but that anger and bitter resentment is what kept me pushing you know, and I think that if Rachel is using drugs the way that I think that she's probably using drugs, like that entitled victim mentality is really fucking scary and dangerous. And that's kind of why I say it's AI language, because this is very common in addiction and in the rooms. And you hear people that are in recovery talk a lot about this. Um, 
you know, I heard a phrase once early in recovery that was like, victims don't recover. And at the time that really resonated with me. And now that doesn't resonate with me at all. I actually think it's like an inappropriate phrase. I wouldn't, I would never, ever, ever say that. But I under at the time, I really got what she was trying to say, which was like, if you have this mentality that you have, that you are owed stuff because of your trauma and your victimization, like you're never going to recover. And that's, not necessarily untrue um that's that yeah that's it for the beeves no rage or no mallory really stephanie is a fucking mess (laughs) i'm curious about stephanie's drinking and like what the house is really like i'm curious about that all right let's pop on over to teen mom og world in which also nothing happened there are only like two things that i actually want to talk about um, quickly, Macy is trying to get over her PTSD with the, the gas station. She hasn't been able to drive past it at all, which means that she's not able to go to or from Bentley school. So she doesn't pick him up. And Bentley and Taylor like can cock this plan in which Bentley's going to ask her to pick him up from school. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure that this is the way that Macy gets over this. I'm not sure that this is responsible exposure therapy, but I mean, she did it. I really felt for her. I saw some people on Reddit be like, that's fake. Um, Macy was in a shootout. Guys, a gun was pulled and shots flew by Macy. Macy came actually extremely close to death. That is like the most pure form of PTSD that one can have right? Like, that is so fucking scary. Macy pulls into a fucking gas station to get some gas on her way to pick up her son and his friends and is in a fucking shootout and is scared that she's going to die and, like, comes close to death. Yeah, you're, like, it is perfectly understandable that one of her signs of PTSD is that she feels unable to drive past the gas station. Now, I think that the issue is, is that people have a hard time distinguishing what's fake from what's being used as a storyline. Something can be used as a storyline and talked about more and in a way that it wouldn't be in real life because we're seeing it on TV while still being real. And I think that's what's going on with Macy's PTSD. I think that they're watching it can be a little bit like, oh, my God, come on, because she's because the music's playing and we're like actually seeing her go through all this stuff. I I understand why it can come across as a little much, but like truly what Macy went through is fucking scary and not being able to drive by the gas station. Like if that's her worst PTSD trigger, like that's a pretty good outcome, honestly. Like, and I felt proud of Macy when she did it. Like, good for her. Do I think that that is, like, the best way to get over your trauma? Maybe not. (laughs) Also, if I have to hear about their fucking schedules one more second, I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream. Okay. Um, Mac McKee wants to open a gym, but there aren't really any good spots, so she's going to rent a room and a gym. It looks perfectly nice. I've seen her using it on social media. It looks great on camera. Um, it very much reminds me if you watched physical on Apple TV, <laughs> like with the platform and shit. I'm not used to going to classes that have platforms where the instructor teaches from because I'm more of like a yoga bar bitch. And so like the the instructor's like in it with you. You know, there's no plat like raised platform area. 
But I mean, this makes total sense for Mackenzie. Like, I was like, good for her. Like, this is a good career move. It's smart for her to do this, to rent a space as opposed to opening her own gym. It's totally set up. All the technology is set up. The gym is pretty big. I did think it was interesting. They walked in. She goes, I have never seen a gym like this. I'm like, you've never been to an LA Fitness? Like, it's not. It's a local version of that. But that's what it looked like. It looked like an LA Fitness. I don't know. Maybe they don't have those in Miami. Miami, Oklahoma. I know she usually works out like in small family gyms, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I was just like, really? You've never seen a gym like that? That looks like every LA Fitness I've ever been to. Ay, 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 ay. So yeah, it was a good decision. She's right. Like that. That's what she should do. I, it seems to be working out for her. She actually did it because, I, like I said, I see her doing it on social media. All right. Kate is talking to her brother, Nick, about safe sex. Nick is 14. He has a girlfriend that he's like super in love with and Kate's projecting onto him. I don't think unreasonably. I don't. Look, Nick's mother is Kate. Nick's mother is not Kate. Nick's mother is April. That means he has a lot of the same shit as Kate did. Even worse, Nick's father figure was Butch. Now, remember, Butch is not Nick's dad. Nick has a different dad. But basically, immediately after Nick was born is when April got with Butch. So Nick spent the first like eight plus years of his life with Butch in and out of prison as his father figure. And then April's his mother. And remember, he would like live with Kate and Tyler for extended periods of time. So Nick had just as a unstable childhood as Kate maybe not just but had quite an unstable childhood I would say the big difference between Nick and Kate is that Nick has probably had a lot better like financial situation than Kate ever did because of Caitlin and Tyler like I would assume that they make sure that Kate or that Nick is never going hungry he's always in nice clothes like he gets everything he wants I would bet from Kate and Tyler um Kate talks him about I actually thought they had a decent conversation it wasn't super. He said that he doesn't want to have sex until he's 16. And she said, good. She's like, just make sure you wear protection, too. Don't rely on her protection. If she's protected, great. That's double safe. But I, I don't know. I thought it was like fine. I was wondering why they didn't have Tyler talk to him. Because there's a lot of talk like, is it awkward for it to be your sister that talks to you? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Nick did straight up say, I'm not you and I'm not making the same choices as you, which I thought was good. They have a funny moment where Caitlin says to wait until he's 28 to have kids. And he says, 28? Then I'd be like 40 when my kids graduate high school. My life would be halfway over. I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> like, that's such a 14-year-old thing to say. Kate's like, okay, so when do you want to have kids? He goes, like, when I'm 20. And she's like, mm, no. <laughs> she's like, you're going to want to travel. You're going to want to go to college. You're going to want to have fun. And it's like, yeah, but he's too young to understand that. He doesn't get that. Um, okay. Cheyenne is planning a sprinkle and Zach asks permission to permission from her father to marry her to propose. There is a funny moment in which Cheyenne's dad goes to Zach. I don't know what you do for a living. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I just don't know. Like people ask me, what does Zach do for a living? I have to tell him, I don't know. <laughs> basically Zach is like, well, you know, I'm, I come from an entrepreneurial 
background and now I'm moving into full-time work and I'm like okay why don't you just say that like your job is being on this show and influencing on Instagram like Zach's making money don't worry about it like Zach does Instagram ads Zach does MTV's teen mom like Zach's making money it's it's not an issue I'm pretty sure but I just thought it was so funny that Cheyenne's dad straight up was like you should get a job (laughs) and but another he's like you should have that all figured out before you get married I'm like they're child is due in a month like I think we've missed that boat um Zach's gonna propose at the sprinkle I guess if you don't know what a sprinkle is it's it's a stupid name for a baby shower um I don't I hate that name sprinkle I don't really like I get not having multiple baby showers um she doesn't want to have a registry she just wants to ask people to bring diapers, which I think is totally fine. Actually, actually, what I think would be better is if you ask people to bring diapers to donate, honestly. Like, you can afford your own diapers. Um, I think that using a – I think that it's totally cool to have, like, a second party. I think people – especially when there's a, a different father. You know, she said, like, Zach wants to be able to have his celebration, too. And I was like, yeah, I think that's totally fair. But if they don't need anything, like they don't need a registry um, and she's already had like her first, this is her second child, I think it would be cool if they use this as a charity event. We know Cheyenne does a lot of charity. Um, Maybe they could ask everyone to bring two packs of diapers. Is that a lot? I don't know how much two diapers cost. But if they could bring two packs, one for the family, one to donate, um, I think that they should do some sort of charity element as well. I think it would make it all a little better personally um it's gonna be teddy bear theme which i'm sure will be very cute we know cheyenne's family does incredible parties just incredible parties i i don't know i i guess they're gonna get engaged there i just don't know like why don't you just call it like a a party i don't know i don't know what i would call it you don't have to call it a baby shower you don't have to call it a fucking sprinkle but it can have a different name one of my uh, Patreon listeners who I don't know if she listens to Feathers in My Hair as well had a sip and see for her baby this week, which I think is popular in the South. I only ever saw it on Real Housewives of Atlanta, but <laughs> I read the caption. <laughs> she wrote, first of all, her baby is so incredibly cute. So, so, so cute. But I knew the baby wasn't a newborn. Like I, I knew the baby was at least, I think, two months old. And I, if not three, and the caption was like, we sipped and we seed and we had a great time or something like that. It was like Velveteen Rabbit theme. It was a beautiful party, like truly beautiful. But I read the caption five fucking times as we snipped and we seed. And I'm looking through and I'm like, did she get her baby circumcised at three months old? I'm like, first of all, I've never seen a bris like themed like this. Usually if you don't know what a bris is, when um, a male baby is eight days old, it gets circumcised at a party called a bris. And brisses are usually pretty low key. Um, I'm sure in some circles they're a little more lavish, but in general they are done in the morning or the like. It's brunch or lunch. You have a like a a bagel and schmear type of setup. It's done at someone's home. You don't run out of place. Usually, really um, like not a ton of people come. Just family usually and like very close friends. It's done at eight days old. It's not like a huge thing. And so I'm looking at these pictures. I'm like, wow, they did a themed bris. And I'm like, they did a bris for the... I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then my dumbass read the caption. And I was like, oh my God, they had a sip and see. I'm so stupid. 
<laughs> but if you're listening to this, the party was gorgeous. I love the Velveteen Rabbit theme. I love Velveteen Rabbit. Um, at least I'm pretty sure it's Velveteen Rabbit. If it was, it was either Peter Rabbit or Velveteen Rabbit. Did you guys like the Velveteen Rabbit when you were a kid? Mm, I loved it. Um, so a teddy bear theme. I did see this lady on TikTok who does balloons. I'm obsessed with balloon people on TikTok because people get so mad about how much they charge, which is there are a few things in life that I love as much as reading a comment section where people are enraged over the cost of something that they're never going to buy. And this woman does these incredible like teddy bear balloon displays. Maybe she'll do shy. Maybe she did Cheyenne Sprinkle. All right. Last but not least. Are we on last but not least? We did Mac McKee. We talked about Kate. We talked about Macy. We talked about Cheyenne. Okay. Amber is writing a second book and she's going to talk about being bisexual in the book. Now, never in my life did I ever consider that Amber wasn't bisexual. Like, I feel like this has been the response from everyone. First of all, remember when Matt had her Sally from prison show up and they kissed on the lips for like, Oh, more than a peck. Um, I assume that her and her Sally were probably together. Um, apparently, when Amber was twenty, she had a girlfriend for eight months. That was pre-prison. I, I like, yeah. <laughs> Nothing makes more sense to me than Amber being bisexual. Um, she's gonna talk about it in the book. I saw a ton of Reddit posts about how she's a fucking liar. She's faking it. She's doing this for attention. She's using a storyline. Um, if you say that, like, don't listen to this podcast anymore. Honestly. A full stop. Like, if you think that somebody's lying about their sexuality, I don't need you to listen to this podcast. It's such horseshit. It's so ridiculous to assume that you know somebody's sexuality and their attraction better than they do is truly silly. Um, to not understand biphobia and to not understand the harm it does when you talk about somebody saying they're bi for attention, you should look that up and read more into it. It's not good. Um, I just don't have any patience for people that are questioning Amber's bisexuality. I have zero patience for it. Uh, don't come into my Instagram comments and say it. You will get blocked. Full stop. Like your comment will be deleted. And you will be blocked. If anybody, if anybody puts their fingers to their phone to come in and say they think Amber's faking it, you'll be blocked. That that that's just the truth. Um, I just don't have any tolerance for it. Now, like, do I think that she's using this as a storyline? It, it's the same thing as Macy and the PTSD, right? Like. Something can both be true and both be like dramatized for effect for the reality television show that they're starring in and that we're watching. I think that those things can exist in the same place. Like I, I like she doesn't like it's a fine storyline. I don't know. I don't see the issue with this. Like there are so many posts on Reddit this week that were like, how dare she use this as a storyline? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it was truly like the most tame thing ever she just talked about it one thing that I did think was weird is that she called she basically called Gary homophobic um which I thought was a little unfair of MTV in that they didn't give Gary a chance to like sit at his kitchen table and tell Christina his thoughts and feelings on it now if Gary is homophobic then fuck that but I'm I don't think it's really fair to like let Amber be like Gary's not gonna be happy about this and also not give Gary a chance to be like yeah I don't I don't care about this I would be really shocked if Gary publicly cared about this now what he says in private I don't fucking know I I don't know but like I would be pretty shocked if Gary on camera is willing to say anything but like that's cool I'm happy for her that she's telling her story I don't think Leah's gonna care 
I know. Is this me and like my super privilege of like only running with like progressive people and like most people I know being queer and things like that, that it's like hard for me to really imagine a world in which this is a huge issue for Amber. Um, I know I just said that a bunch of people are being biphobic towards her online. I know that I said that. But I mean, she acted she acted like it was a very big deal. She did say the reason that she didn't come out then is because it just was more of a different world. People were still using the F slur regularly. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I don't think at 20, if I was on TV, hmm, I don't know. That's maybe not true. But I come from a very different world than Amber does. I can understand why 20-year-old Amber didn't want this on her television show. You know, like that, that to me makes sense. Um, why Amber's writing a second book. I honestly, if we're offended by anything, it's the fact that Amber's writing another book. I'm like deeply offended by that. To that, I say that's offensive. How dare you? How dare you write a second book <laughs> like, that you're just going to fucking lie through because you're a fucking liar and you don't you don't tell the truth about like most things in your life. So why would I want to read a book from you? Why would I want to do that? You know, I don't. I don't want to do that. Ay, 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 Amber. Look, she calls her mom. They have like a kind of weird conversation, but her mom is supportive. My thing is, it's like, if this was something that was like truly a burden to Amber to keep quiet, then I'm proud of her. and I'm glad that she came out. And if not, still, I think it's good for people to come out. You know, like even if she materially pretty much lives as a straight woman and that she's only in relationships with men as far as we know like I I think it's good that she came out representation matters like that that's the bottom line when people talk about like it's being used as a storyline okay but representation matters so actually we want people to have storylines about not being straight at least I do that's it for this week um it was another short episode so I asked some people to leave me some people as and I asked um if anybody had like team mom thoughts on my Instagram so I'm just gonna look through them and see maybe answer a couple and then we'll wrap it up uh first one I saw this is not team mom related are you watching dope sick no I don't watch anything having to do with heroin really or the opiate epidemic it's not that it chores me I just don't really I don't like it very much I don't like the content I don't know I, I just like I'm just a, it's just a no for me like I saw it on Hulu it's not the Sackler family the Oxycontin I think and then the opioid epidemic I'm just not interested in it like I I I feel like I've read enough articles you know I'd rather read articles on it than watch it on TV for whatever reason I find it I'm just not drawn to it on television okay um I talked about this earlier. If Kale is not filming because of Chris, or there's no vaccine mandate. I just want to make this clear. There's absolutely very clearly not a vaccine mandate mandate on this show. Like until I see directly from MTV saying otherwise, and then every cast member confirms that they're vaccinated. It's just not a thing. Um. Okay. How do you think Farrah would have turned out if Derek didn't die? Almost exactly the same, except she would have spent a lot of time Um like in custody battles with Derek and maybe wouldn't be around able to move around as much with Sophia so I think she just would have left Sophia with Derek probably eventually and her parents um this is a good question how did Leah get out of that culty MLM thing she was deep into I am not sure it seemed like she was already kind of winding down and then the 
pandemic happened. But yeah, she just like totally dipped out of that. She went from all in. I kind of think that's Leah, though, you know, like I, I actually think Leah's a bad cult member because I think that Leah gets bored of stuff. <laughs> uh, um, OK, another question. I never know if I should say people's names or not, so I'm just not going to say them. Janelle saying she has the perfect golden face ratio. This is funny. She left an Instagram. Somebody made an Instagram like comparing her and Chelsea, not an Instagram, a TikTok. And so she responded and she wrote, I actually have the perfect golden face ratio. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, may we all have Janelle's confidence, right? Like, may we all. Um, Somebody asked, do you think Farrah regrets doing sex work? What do you think her life could have been? Um, I don't, I don't know if she regrets it. Um, does she regret doing the initial James Dean porn? Probably. I'm not sure if Farah is mentally well enough to have that sort of self-reflection. You know, like, I, uh, mm. I think that if she never did that, she would probably still be on MTV, on Teen Mom. But I think in general, her life would look pretty similar because I think that a lot of Farrah's issues came from early childhood, would be my best guess. Um, this one's really interesting. I don't know how I've never thought of this. Do you think Chelsea and Cole have a prenup? This is such a good question. Have we, like, we as in all of us, like, just never wondered this? I feel like I've never thought about this. No would be my guess, but maybe, yeah, she had a lot of assets already when they got, like, they were living in the home that she bought herself when they got together, you know? Like, she already had serious money at that point. So my gut says no. I would think that Randy probably suggested it, but I think that Chelsea does what she wants, and I cannot see her getting a prenup. No. But should Chelsea have a prenup? Yeah. Although here's the thing. I actually think in the long run, it probably doesn't matter. I think the reality is, although Chelsea did make quite a bit of money before she married Cole and she was living that house, they've since sold that house. They're living in a house they bought together. The large majority of Chelsea's assets have happened during their marriage anyway. So I think that in the end, a prenup wouldn't really matter that much. You know, like uh, I think that they clearly don't have separate fine. I would be shocked if they have separate finances. So I think the answer is probably no. Um, somebody asked, where's Cousin Crystal? Great question. I have no idea. No idea. Oh, if Kale doesn't end up filming, what does MTV do? Bring up Kayla? Good question. Do they bring up Kayla? Yeah. I I don't know. If team... What? Ooh. Oh, Okay. Okay, everybody, everybody sit around while I give you my incredibly smart theory. You all ready for this? You ready? What if Team Mom Young and Pregnant is only filming four girls because Kayla's gone over to uh, Team Mom 2 and they haven't started filming a new Team Mom 2 season? Well, I guess they're filming now. I think that Ashley would know that, don't you think? But like, what if that's what's happening? What if the four girls filming Team Mom Young and Pregnant are Kayla J, Bree, uh, Kaya, and Rachel. And Kayla is over on Teen Mom 2 World. 
Now that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's why only four of them are filming. Hmm. Hmm. Um. <laughs> it's so funny, like how a lot of these questions are already things I already answered. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up with this one. Next pregnancy, next wedding, next death. Maybe too dark. I'll skip the death one. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little dark. You know, it's look. Is anything actually too dark for this podcast of mine? I don't really think so. But as far as next baby. I'm actually surprised that Ashley hasn't had another baby with Barr or Jade. So I would say Ashley or Jade or like somebody I think maybe in Teen Mom 2 world would be my guess. I think that's 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 my guess. Somebody in Teen Mom 2 world. I think the younger I think Jade, but she just did all that surgery. So maybe not. I think Ashley and Jade both have IUDs. <laughs> So it's going to have to be an active decision. Um, I think Macy's totally done. I don't see Macy ever having another kid. I think Mac McKee, well, her tubes are tied. Amber, no. Kale, probably not. As far as wedding, maybe Ashley and Barr. Do we think Ashley and Barr will ever actually get married? Uh, I actually could see Ashley and Barr having a wedding and not legally getting married. That's my bet, actually, for next couple that Ashley and Barr, for the next wedding, it's Ashley and Barr having a, like a pretty wedding and then never actually filing any paperwork for it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this week. I hope everybody has a lovely, lovely week. I'll talk to you again next week. Go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains and listen to me chat about all things that do not have anything to do with Teen Mom. Okay, love you guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.